0: The podcast is also sponsored by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music on Instagram at ITZTiger.Music. You can find all his work on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. He does all the music and tracks for the BlockHash podcast. Go check him out. Also, don't forget to check out BlockHash Plus on Patreon. This is something that's new where you can learn more about trading, technical analysis, and charting all for the price of two cups of coffee a month. That's pretty damn cheap. Sign up at patreon.com slash blockhash. And last but definitely not least, Blockhash is offering consulting for all your blockchain needs. Buying, exchanging, selling, safe storage, tokenization, NFT creation, point of sale, you name it. We can help you. Go to blockhashpodcast.com slash consulting and let's talk. What's up people? It is Wednesday, December 16th. This week on the podcast, I have Ben Armstrong, better known as BitBoy Crypto. He is a YouTube personality, creator, influencer in the crypto space. We talk about his YouTube breakthrough success, how AI and robotics are taking all of our jobs and even his NFT comic book slash cartoon that he's working on and so many other things I think you guys will enjoy about this episode. So with that said, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain and BitBoy Crypto, aka Ben Armstrong. Enjoy
1: It, it is scary when you go through it, especially because you know we got a warning for, uh, we got a warning for another erroneous strike or you know violation back in 2019. Right. And because those warnings don't fall off. It's just forever. So if there's ever a little glitch, we get a strike. We can't post for seven days, and it's like, so I actually,
0: I, I have- think it's a stupid system. But like, was it because? you talked about something that you don't usually talk about or
1: no, we think we, we think we know what it was. Um, I've, I've talked to another, another YouTuber who is a little less well-known, but he, uh, than the popular ones, not me. I mean, I'm not saying like, he's a little less well-known than me. like he's not, he's not a a super popular YouTuber, but he actually reached out to me. So I'd done an interview with him before. And, uh, he said that he believes he's the, the YouTube's foremost expert on strikes. He did, he got 23 strikes in one summer and got them all removed. And he was getting them on purpose. He was split testing to find the thing that caused the strikes. And he knows that they're really not violations. And so Mm -hmm. we did one thing different on this live stream. It was a live stream uh, that when he said it, I was like, gosh, sure enough. Because I noticed someone actually, uh, uh, one of my editors or one of my people that works with me, they Mm -hmm. copied our whole description we put in most videos. But in the live stream, we usually just put a couple sentences. There's something about live streams. They're more strict referral links having to do a crypto. So because we just have a regular referral links in there, that was the thing that triggered it. It
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know those live streams can be really, really restricted. Like on Instagram, every time I try to go live on Instagram, I end up getting booted because I always got music going on in the background or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. and I don't know, but somewhere in the back offices of Instagram slash Facebook, they're like, "Someone's gonna pirate his live video." And I'm just like, "No, they're not." It's so stupid how it's these stupid algos man. work, or whatever they're doing. I like to well, imagine is, it's it, it, just yeah. I like to imagine it's just someone sitting back there, just watching no, all these videos, but it's not. Here's
1: the thing. This is what I, this is what. Oh, uh, his name's uh, Tom Crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what he told me, and it makes perfect sense because. The frustrating thing is not knowing what it is. Because if it is something that's, like, maybe all of a sudden, there's one thing you've been doing every day, and from now on, that thing gets punished, you have no idea what that thing is, Mm -hmm. that's really scary, you know? Um, And so the frustrating thing is not knowing what it is and then feeling like they won't tell you. Like, why will you not just tell me what I did? It's because they don't know. No human at YouTube knows why the AI flagged you. Oh my goodness. It's all built into the algorithm. That's why the r- appeals get instantly rejected. If you just appeal through YouTube, mm-hmm. it's an automated response almost. It waits about two minutes to send it to you, sometimes a little bit more. But all it's doing is it's taking that AI or the AI itself is going back onto your video. That's it doesn't scary. matter of your explanation. If it's still there, whatever that thing that triggered it was, which it will be. And even if you go and you change like the description in the middle, that doesn't work either because it still goes to the original because it was like a really bad violation. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if somebody showed themselves like, you know, killing somebody on YouTube, like, just because they went and edited that out of the video real quick doesn't mean that wasn't, you know, all of a sudden, that should just go away. But, you know, so if you take some out of the description, it doesn't matter. Change the title, it doesn't matter. And nobody can tell you. All they have is the AI breaks it down into different categories. And if it's in that category, then there it is. You know? And so, you have to have someone at YouTube eventually, and thank God for having a large social media following that helped. And then, in addition to that, uh, having finding finding a new way to contact YouTube where I could actually get a person. Uh, those two things we think are what were you know we were able to get it removed. So um, then that that's person sits really down and they watch though. it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's ain't scary. nothing wrong with this video," you know.
0: Like I mean, that's just so blurry. Like the lines for that, like because if they decide that you know they could use that as for reasons for censorship, just blame it on the AI, you know, they're not giving you specific reasons for what you're doing wrong or anybody like mm-hmm. I've never gotten a real specific reason on anything I've done wrong when I get something taken down. The only thing they really notify me on is um, like with music and stuff like that. Yeah. Other than that, though, they don't tell you specifically, I don't get like a detailed outline or <laughs> a human reading yeah. this stuff. It's it's kind of scary because you just don't know like if they're targeting Via censorship, or if the AI is really running mm-hmm. everything, which I think is what's going on, and it's so messed up.
1: I just that's what. See, I even wonder. I even wonder if the person who I was talking to last night was actually an AI. You know, it like they don't have the phone. They don't have a phone number. It's a chat. It's set up. They have a name. They respond, but I could even see how the response. You it definitely you think you're talking to a person. You know. Um, but I'll tell you, one thing that I thought was pretty interesting was that it, it did seem like there was a set time that if I didn't respond, it would say, you there, question mark? Mm-hmm. I did that twice because I was typing a long message. Well, if I'm typing a message, if it's a person looking at it, they should be able to see the dots, right? But actually, the real truth is, is that I had a, a, a live chat uh, one time for a website I had. Mm-hmm. and the people wouldn't know it, but I could actually see their letters as they were typing. So they'd type out a message, like, no, I don't like that. They'd erase that and then type something new. Like, I can see all that. And so I bet they can see that too. And so that's the thing that doesn't seem to make sense, but right, I don't know. Maybe it's a real person.
0: Yeah, all these AIs, I mean, they're built on the backbone of if this, then that, if this, then that, uh-huh. if this, then that. But I mean, it's like, it's getting so complicated because like, I've even noticed stuff like that with Siri and um google assistant which i have on my phone still and then they got like bigsby and then microsoft cortana's built into one of my laptops and every time i talk to them they seem to get like really natural with their conversations like every every time i try it every time i try it again just gets better and better and better and yeah and then i run in those situations where i'm thinking about what i want to say like Like, theory where do i hide the dead body or something like that and then she'll be asking like hey where'd you go (laughs) did did you have a (laughs) follow-up question or are you okay uh, you, you're not talking <laughs> like is
1: everyone in the home all right
0: yes it, it's 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 getting really weird
1: well i've been concerned about this for a long time very the i always go back to i love that movie with will smith i robot
0: oh i love i robot. You ever seen that yeah, one that's a classic that's a good one i i don't isn't think it, that's isn't the,
1: it interesting that
0: mm-hmm. go ahead
1: it, it's interesting that that mood like that Roombas now are called, the company that makes those now are called iRobot.
0: I know. It's a little weird.
1: But I, I love that movie because the idea of the, the scariest thing about when people talk about robots taking over, something, you know, you always think like it's some kind of hostile, and blah, blah, blah. But That mm-hmm. movie laid out like a pretty you know, kind of realistic scenario where the AI sit, like understands outcomes and they understand, the AI understands like, if you continue down this path, this is what will happen we cannot allow that to happen because that would you know be bad for us or be bad for the ai be bad for whoever and so rules were were put in place and things happen in order for you know the the robots to basically put mankind under martial law to protect them you know it's like that's
0: a scary thing but i
1: i'm not we keep just running we just keep running towards (laughs) all this craziness like We've seen the movies.
0: I know, but you know and speaking happens? of the robot, like the iRobot, you know, the little Roomba in the house, I have wow. one. No, what's scary is the idea of having robots in your house. Like, I, I remember watching that as a kid, and I was like, I wonder yeah. if we're going to have robots in the house. Like and the now Jetsons? We do. Yeah, like the Jetsons and all that. And, like, we do have yeah. robots in the house. And yeah. I can control those robots with the Internet of Things, with, my, uh, with Siri or Google Home or with my phone or my iPad. Like, everything's connected. So yeah. what happens when AI gets a hold of that and decides that we're all not not needed anymore?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's gonna
0: start vacuuming all of my house, and my car is gonna automatically start starting, and just weird things are gonna start happening, man. Yeah, I don't know, it's
1: scary stuff, man. Uh, I I hope I hope we don't get taken over by robots in my lifetime or my kids, their kids. Hey. I don't know yet. So
0: <laughs> I I hopefully we don't get to that point, but you know it's oh. it's a reality. It's just it's hard to know like if you have like a supercomputer and you know if we get quantum computing anytime soon everyone's debating that and then you know whether an ai can be ran on top of that like how how much is it going to analyze how much it needs us around is it going to analyze it to the point where it decides that it does need us for survival or that it doesn't need us for survival like i always think about that process like it's thinking process at that point like what would it actually decide? And I don't think it's something we can ever really figure out. I think we're just gonna witness it when it happens if we keep developing yeah. AI. Um, did you ever hear about those two AIs that Facebook had, the chat bots, and they started developing their own language? Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Oh yeah, I remember that. That,
0: that was a sweet. And, and
1: they had. And they had. There was another one, another set of robots that uh, I, I think it was also Google. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was Google for sure it was part of their mapping for Google Maps. Mm-hmm. And they have been giving these, the AI, feeding it information so that they, you know, know where to go on the map and pull information from and pull it back. So, like, let's say that we want wanted the map to, I'm in, I'm in Atlanta. Let's mm-hmm. say we want the map to map out Manitoba, Canada. Okay? Right. It will go straight there. It will get the information, and then it will come back. But the AI learned, they're like, wait a second. If I go up to Manitoba, going over a lot of miles there in the middle, I can actually take some internal notes about the topography or top, yeah, topography of whatever that land in the middle is. That way, when I have to go back there, because I think I'm going to go everywhere, mm-hmm. I'll already have data on that and I can do my job quicker. And they started noticing it was going faster and faster and faster. But, like, it was hiding that information. It was taking it, and it was conv- This is so crazy. It was taking the data and converting it into pixels that were just a hair. Like, like in the RGB, you know, everything's like a, you know, like a hex color or whatever. Or like, you know, color B4821. It was just one shade off. And they were able to hide all that data and pull it right back out when they came. And I was like, that's so weird.
0: It is. There's actually a. There's actually like a, a generator through, and I think it's Nvidia. They have this like simulation where you can, literally draw like whatever environment, and it'll finds that environment, that geographical location for you, and pull it up as a photo. They got some crazy stuff That's so out crazy, there.
1: Man.
0: Crazy stuff.
1: Well, we're getting crazier, and we're uh, and we're playing a role in it. Isn't that exciting?
0: We are. We are. I mean, the well, I, the other side of that actually. So we're all scared of the centralized, you know, technologies out there. We're in the yeah. decentralized ones. That's the exciting part.
1: We're having bad internet problems today. We uh, everyone's ha-
0: having bad internet issues. I'm telling you, the AI overheard our fiber
1: put in is uh, a slow process.
0: What's that? Well, I was saying the AI heard our conversation. They were shutting us down.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Maybe happening. The, the point is, we're getting internet cables replaced out today. But I tethered to my phone. I think this will be good. Okay. Nope. Yeah. No worries.
0: It's, it's been dropping out on everybody lately. For some yeah. reason, everyone's having that problem. Yeah. Just, just another problem with 2020, man. It's been a messed right. up year.
1: Yeah.
0: As, has that set you back at all? Or have you been able to just kind of keep cruising on with?
1: It's been the greatest year of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel kind of guilty saying that, you know, like everybody was like a lot of people are having like a lot of problems, but I mean, it's just, the timing for the two and a half years where I built and built and built and nothing happened. And then it was just at the point where things finally took off and it, you know, just happened to coincide with all the money printing and, you know, being at home watching content and all that stuff. So, you know, it just turned out to be good, good timing for me, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not supposed to say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a norm to say that you're struggling. Everyone needs to make sure that everyone knows everyone's struggling, but yeah. I, it's not true. A lot of people, you know, especially in the crypto space, there's been so much development this year because people have had to stay home and work and develop. Yeah. And, you know, they've been more productive, especially if you're, you know, in this space. So I, I think it really depends on, on who the average family, obviously when you'll man or yeah. woman going to work every day and coming back, can't, you know, do that. But if you live in the digital era, you're working online all the time, you know, it's totally fine. Zoom had a really good year. Netflix had a really good year, you know, a lot it's, of these streaming it's services. It's speeding
1: up all of this, you know, like, all this stuff was inevitable, you know, mass working from home and all this stuff, uh, but it just sped it up.
0: I mean, for, I'm sure most people already know who you are, but for those that, you know, are learning about crypto still that don't really know um, who you are yet, can you give me, like, a little bit of background on how you got into becoming, you know, BitBoy Crypto and um, started your YouTube yeah. channel or whatever's relevant to that?
1: Yeah, so um, I got into Bitcoin back in 2012. Uh, it was for a business transaction, uh, not involving Silk Road or the dark web. It's For a, a software it is what the guy took at the time, and so I had to learn about it. And and but I I was only learning how to use it. I wasn't learning like the basics of it, like, the basis of why we need another currency, you know? Mm-hmm. All I knew was I needed to send it to a guy, whatever, I'll go buy it. So bought it, sent it. Um, I, I sent a lot of money to him over that year, what Bitcoin was, you know, supposed to be for in the, in the beginning, which a currency. And then one day, it just shot way up, and I was like, what in the world is this? And I sold it all for thousands of dollars, which would be worth millions of dollars now. Um, oh, well we're almost back at 20k so I' mean it'd be worth uh, eight digits not seven so mm-hmm. the what I sold over that year the amount that I gave to that guy and then the amount I sold it for so I got really kind of interested in following the price but then when the mount gox hap- uh, thing happened I thought crypto was pretty much over I was like oh that's the you know the last straw there and because I still wasn't like in the community or anything I was just kind of watching the price uh, on coinbase I think I was on Coinbase in 2014, but it was well, in 2015. I definitely uh, was, and so I do check the price sometimes and just wasn't really that excited about it. I thought it was over, and then all of a sudden, one day it like went up and then went back down. And then 2017 happened, and I'm counting the money I should have had that I didn't have because I sold it, and I was like, man, I really made a big mistake. So uh, I decided to get much more involved, and I had this idea to make uh, a comic, a superhero, Bitboy. And he's got a turtle sidekick, HODL. So that's what the channel started as. Oh, shit. Animation was very poor. It wasn't very good. Uh, but what we were finding is, well, it was just me back then. What I was finding is it was taking too much work for like no views because the bear market had already had just started. People weren't interested in funny stuff or interesting stuff. They were just interested in uh, wanting to know if they were going to get their money back. And so I decided to start making news videos every day. And I've uh, been doing it ever since. A lot of grinding lot of work seemingly for nothing and then this year i found this, the secret formula it seems like and mm-hmm. now the the validation of all those years where i thought i was you know putting out good content the production value wasn't great but i thought the value of what i was saying was mm-hmm. and uh so finally you know having all that recognized and then continuing to improve that is is what we focus on here so
0: i think it's just time i, I think with all of these you know, any, if you want to be like an influencer in the space or you have good ideas, or you're doing a show or you're doing a podcast, you know, you're putting info out there. It just takes time. I don't, I don't know why it's like, I think the algorithm just kicks in one day and then boosts you. And then all of a sudden you get in front of a bunch of people. I don't know what it is, but. that's no, really yeah, So cool.
1: it's, the, there's, it's, it's pretty interesting. There's a chart that I found that shows the average number of videos that it takes someone mm-hmm. to get to. 100,000 and then to 1 million. And it's a lot. And Gosh. and the funny thing is, I, I make more videos than probably anyone. I mean, there might be some guy out there that makes one minute, you know, little phone videos and puts out a bunch in a day or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that uh, a channel, Decentralized TV, used to put out, you know, 10 or 11 videos a day sometimes in the bull market. But we put out at this point, I think, more than anybody, two highly professional. Uh, highly produced videos every day. And then we also sometimes now are doing a third video. And because of everything that happened on YouTube with the strike and stuff like that, we got removed. We actually, I had another channel that had 60,000 subscribers. I've changed that over into a, a BitSquad channel. Uh, so we do more personal videos and stuff behind the scenes. So we're putting out oh, so many videos is the point. Right. I'm right on track with what YouTube says. You got to make a 1,000 videos to get to 100,000 subscribers. People in crypto are not used to that because competition was so small. I, I have on my account uh, almost 1,500 videos, you know? And so all those years where I felt like it wasn't really working, the truth is is it's that experience of doing that many, mm-hmm. you finally figured out. I mean, it's just like, you know, the old thing where they say like 10,000 hours of anything makes you an expert. Mm-hmm. It's always adding up the hours of, that I've put into this, you know, and it's not close to 10,000, you know, right. but it's a lot. Like, it's it's probably somewhere between four and 5,000. So, you know, it, it's pretty interesting when you really start to think about it, how just doing things over and over and then failing at it over and over. Right. It really leads to success.
0: I think there's, like, the algo has, like, a percentile that you have to reach probably in terms of videos because it probably takes all the average users out there and subscribers and it's like okay well maybe they produce you know on average 10 videos or 100 videos or whatever it is but if you hit a certain mark and then it probably takes you more seriously that's just my guess
1: well if you make if you make 2,000 bad videos you will still not do well you know there has to be improvement in the in the videos and then I think you know the improvement in the videos combined with you know, I'm, I'm sure there is some longevity and tenure type, you know, right. factors in the, in the AI and the algorithms.
0: Yeah. There's probably like length of videos, like quality of video, you know, is there improvement in the videos over time? Is it the same thing? Like, is it redundant? So yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of factors that go into it, Yeah, but no, it's really cool that, you know, it took off for you and everything. And it's cool that, you know, this was like a comic book, like type of idea. Like, have you thought of doing anything else with, with BitBoy or, um, other than you know the YouTube channel and like maybe going back to like the original idea,
1: we are yeah we have been. Um, that's what's cool. We actually Dude. so on Rarible, is an NFT marketplace. That's where we started putting out stuff and mm-hmm. it sold really well. We weren't expecting it to sell as well as it did. Now things have slowed down slowed down across U- NFTs in general. So we're we're not selling as much now as we did you know in the beginning when it was like right at the peak of the NFT craze. But the thing is is that uh, we have we have characters, so we put out trading cards of the characters. We're building the first NFT comic book. So it's like each page is its own NFT, and you collect all the pages, and we're going to send you a physical copy. So we got that going on, um, and, and we're, you know, still trying to get, you know, plans for a cartoon together at some point. You know, that might be like peak bull run dumb money type stuff. Mm-hmm. Animation is super expensive, and the return on it probably won't be, Super great, but I've personally, for me, there is definitely a lot of motivation to want to fulfill the original dream of what started this mm-hmm. channel, you know, or the original idea or, or you know, however you want to want to say it. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot to that. So, yeah, so we've got characters. We're, we're actually, here's another thing we're doing is we are partnering with Wax to make a deck builder card game with the characters as well. So that'll be coming out uh, the end of March, I believe. Nice. Now
0: right, you got a lot of that's stuff cool. going on. You know, I I think there's a lot of production value type stuff you can do in crypto. I think it might be more successful than you'd think. Just because there's been like, what, one, two crypto movies that have come out?
1: Yeah. And
0: there's a bunch of other stuff that's slated. I think, um, you know, Ben Mesrich, the guy that did the book, Bitcoin Billionaires, that. he did the one- um, that they made the movie Social Network on right mm-hmm. before that. They're That's, talking that's about, when we
1: thought the Winklevoss twins were the bad guys.
0: Yes, but now they're the good guys. Yeah, yeah. of course. Zuckerberg's the bad guy.
1: 100. <laughs> uh, um,
0: but yeah, I think they're going to make a movie out of that. There's some stuff being slated, and I don't know, cryptos. So many people want to watch like a movie on crypto. Yeah. Like there's just so much yeah. interest out there. I bet a cartoon would do pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I mean, I think I think it will eventually. Uh, so we're trying to just kind of build. We're, it all kind of stayed in an idea phase for so long. Like, we had the ideas, and, and we were more thinking, like, how can we just make some cool characters and kind of build stories around it and stuff? But doing the game and the comic and the and the collector's cards, like, it's really made us have to flex and stretch our imaginations for this world. And we came up with some really cool stuff, we think. So we've got, you know, we're still still developing, like, Relationships between characters and timelines and locations and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, But we we want it to be where it's like people in crypto get it, but also like a kid could watch it and be like, oh, that's cool. Like, we, you know, I I know there's a lot of cartoons out there and it's it's probably do the adult cartoons with all this stuff, but Mm -hmm. we uh, we do everything family friendly. So, you know,
0: so less like Rick and Morty and more like SpongeBob.
1: Uh, I, I, it's funny cause it, I would have said in the beginning, probably, uh, that right. was kind of the direction we were thinking. SpongeBob's a little dirty though. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Okay. With okay. It. Yes. You I mean,
0: though? if you're older, <laughs> you pick up yeah, on it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. More, more like, uh, maybe the Batman, the animated Batman series from the nineties, you know, that's just the first awesome. one that came to mind. Awesome. I haven't watched cartoons since then. really. So, uh, but yeah, so kind of, I, we, we think we want to go like, like superhero, like, the X-Men's car- X-Men cartoons or the Spider-Man cartoons. You, you should know, go like whatever.
0: the Justice League route. Remember like the old Justice League cartoon like on oh, Cartoon Network. That one was awesome. That. That'd be a sweet route to go. Yeah.
1: So so yeah, so that's that's kind of the direction that that we want to go in and, and think it'll be it'll be pretty cool.
0: Nice. Yeah, it'd be cool to yeah, see a bunch of that stuff. Where are those NFTs at you said or um Rarible? Rarible. R
1: A R I B L E and then just search Bitboy okay. and then you should be able to uh to find it
0: i gotta grab myself one ever since nfts became a really big thing i've been just grabbing at least one of everything oh Um, really yeah just i've had some good experiences with experiences with them and it's just such a weird niche market especially with like the virtual land because i've bought so much of that and i'm just surprised how much some of them have actually flipped in price Mm -hmm. um so uh, you have no idea what these things will be used for in the future even if they are just collectibles so yeah. as well we well, whatever you can
1: well more of what we're doing <laughs> we're doing so much like right. all of this is just small fractions of the things we're we're working on but we actually do plan to have utility for our, our cards and stuff because you know we're working with sandbox on on the game the sand game and it's going to you know it's kind of an open world you can buy real estate on it and then it's also going to have like an actual it's going to be a world for gaming And we're going to have a utility for our cards where, like, they're going to help you to unlock certain events. Or, like, you know, like, you can only get into one room. So our sand uh, plot is is large. And we're going to be building where BitBoy lives, which is called Digital City. We're going to be building that city Mm -hmm. inside of the game. And so... There's going to be like different places you can go. You can only go in this one if you have, you know, these three NFTs or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the key to utility or, or the key to adoption for these NFTs for the long term into what's really giving the value is not is is the double like the collector's aspect of it because of the rarity and the scarcity, and then like actually helps you to do something.
0: Yeah, yeah, the utility. You know, yeah. you should, you should like get a parcel in Crypto Voxels or in Decentraland and advertise it that way. It's so many people are walking around that stuff now. It's awesome.
1: Really? I oh, I
0: didn't. know. Oh, that. yeah. Especially Crypto Voxels. I've been doing that for like almost two years now. Um, I've actually been in that project a long time. I know Ben Nolan really good. Everyone in the space is named Ben. <laughs> I swear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love the decentralized like parcels and properties you can buy. Cause I'm just waiting to be able to dive in and VR and have my crypto crypto voxel house paid for with crypto and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or my store. It's so so many creative things you can do.
1: Love well, I just, I mean, it goes back to the futuristic world we're going to, you know, like there's parts of it that are very scary mm-hmm. and there's parts of it that sound pretty cool, you know, like, right. Like, you know, ready player one had a lot of like bad Implications. I mean, imagine you saw the movie. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. more nerdy than me read the book. And, no,
0: love, and love. the movie
1: wasn't like the book, you know.
0: <laughs> the movie but. was really cool. The um, yeah. the all haptic suit, the Tesla suit. I had their CEO on the podcast oh, uh, about a year ago. Yeah, they talked all about it. They're developing the suit. It wasn't really for VR at the time, but they were developing it for you know firefighters, police officers, military, oh, yeah. astronauts, so they can. Um, simulate different environments like if you're a firefighter running to a building you can simulate the heat around your body you know better train you know professionals out in the field um and then warner brothers picked up on it and they wanted to apply the the vr aspect to it so now they kind of got this vr gaming um audience also interested in it because of the suit it's super cool though like really cool how quickly we're getting there
1: yeah no it's like futuristic movies are like Almost always a prediction of the future that comes true, <laughs> you know. Because like, right. <laughs> if the, if the human mind can conceive it, then we can probably build it. I mean, maybe with the exception of time travel, maybe. Well, I mean, who knows? I, right. I don't think time travel is possible, but you know, uh, I mean, the theoretically, people it's
0: theoretically time. it's argued, but who knows in yeah. the future? Do yeah. you have so
1: outside of that? Like, right. I, I go back to this movie Demolition Man in the '90s. I mean, it was really there was a scene where this woman shows up like just getting out of the shower on a video chat Mm -hmm. or into his house. And, you know, I mean, obviously the whole point of the scene in the movie was to show some nudity. So it happens. And and I just remember like watching it. Of course, my dad told me to cover my eyes. Okay. So everybody knows I was, I was young. I was like 12. Gotcha. And my, uh, or, and I saw that and I thought to myself, Hmm, that's, that's interesting to think that, maybe one day we could do video chatting like that because mm-hmm. you just got the phone, you got the plug in back then, you know? And it was like one of these things like, oh, man, way, way in the future. And it's like, we don't pass that long time ago. I don't even see my big deal anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And I often think about how I thought that was so futuristic and so far down the road. And, you know, how would that even work? How is that possible? I mean, that was before the internet was really even a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Or around the time it would popular in the mid-90s, so um. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Do you have a future? A uh, future favorite futuristic movie?
1: I, I hope I have a future.
0: <laughs> I hope we all do. But yeah. do you have like a favorite futuristic movie?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, uh, I Robot is one I really, really like. It is not too futuristic from here. Uh. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of the Matrix. I love the Matrix. Uh. I think, you know, that's kind of the Doomsday scary scenario that, like, we're all scared of, you know? Like, the scary, what's even scary is, are, are we already in it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and to be able to conceptualize and visualize, like, the, that could be happening and we wouldn't really know the difference. Like, that's kind of scary. But, you know, I think all of it is, all of these movies should be taking, taken as warnings. And what's so crazy to me is they just don't seem to be, mm-hmm. you know? Like, be careful with this technology, you know, like it could be your downfall. So,
0: yeah, it, they're also fear-based. It, it's hard to find that right balance. Um, you know, when telephone poles went up, you know, what almost a hundred years ago at this point, you know, mm-hmm. people thought everyone was going to um, yeah. burn or get electrocuted or everything was going to catch on fire. And they even had, um, you know, cartoons depicting that, like how dangerous this is going to be. And then well, we get to today and we forget they're even there half the time. Yeah, so, I mean, there's some irrational fears with technology, but at the same yeah. time, there's some legitimate ones. I think AI I mean, is one of the more legitimate ones.
1: That that's the thing we fight in crypto. You know, what I mean, we fight yeah. that idea of like, you know, people are just irrationally scared of cryptocurrency. So yeah, I, I understand that completely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they thought the same thing about cars, and you know, even horses and buggies when buggies first came. So yeah, I get it. And the uh, yeah, but. The AI in the, like the MIT robots, they do seem to be pretty scary. Yeah, Well, those ones
0: are <laughs> easy to depict in a movie and make look scary, like Terminator and stuff like that. Now we're all terrified of it.
1: Yeah, well, that MIT robot does look like something that will destroy you. <laughs> like it <Yeah>. does, <laughs> a telephone pole, like, okay, it's up there, like it could fall over or whatever, but uh, I just watched a robot <clears throat> lift up what looked to be a paw take a, 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 a lock pick out of it and stick it in a door that was locked and open it and go behind the door. That's scary. That is scary. That, that's what you see in movies, you know? Like, as long as we're here, we can hide and be safe behind this locked door. The zombies or the robots can't get us, you know? But <laughs> tell you what, it's scary.
0: Yeah, I, I almost feel like you need to do a whole episode just on uh, AI and robots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Much material there. I I wonder if there's any like correlation between robots and crypto in the future. It's it's always like kind of crossed my mind because those two seem to really be developing really quickly. Like, what if a robot had the ability to have its own wallet, its own sovereign value, and go to the store and and buy some oil for it, and go home and bathe in the oil? Like, I almost feel like we're getting to the point where we're really going to get replaced. Fiat's going to get replaced pretty soon we'll get replaced, <laughs> it's just getting scary. Technology is just replacing our jobs and
1: uh-huh.
0: all disappearing, man.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's why a lot of stuff we're focused on is, you know, futuristic kind of, you know, we're, we're basing a lot of what we're doing on what we know is actually coming and what's actually happened or happening uh, as opposed to focusing on what's here right now because, right. you know, future coming extremely quick and, I, and a lot of the reason why we are very interested in building on sand and uh, very interested in <clears throat> unlockable utility for NFTs and stuff mm-hmm. is because of, like, what Andrew Yang says, which I don't agree with him on basically anything other than his stance on cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, well, other than cryptocurrency and his stance on what the future looks like for people with jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, do we need to be giving universal basic income to people? Probably not. But is there a huge... Amount of jobs that are around today that will not be around in the future, absolutely. Like you take truck drivers for instance, like that's going to be one of the first industries. Like as soon as those trucks can drive themselves, they don't need you for nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can see in that happening in single-digit years, you know, like moving very quickly because uh, the future keeps coming exponentially faster. So maybe right. twenty years, maybe nine years, you know, somewhere around there. Uh, Places are going to have their own highways just for these self-driving semi-trucks, you know, because you're not going to want... People are going to be very apprehensive to have trucks with 16 wheels. We'll just
0: have more developers and we'll probably just, you know, populate a little bit less going into the future. I mean, technology is an adaptable thing. I mean, that's people get irrationally scared sometimes. So, like, the car replaced the horse and buggy, but, I mean, they adapted and then became taxi drivers.
1: So... Uh, yeah. No, no, no. And, and I understand that, but we're coming to a place where technology can do the work of X number of people, okay? So uh, this is actually where I was getting to. With, with the truck driver stuff, you say, oh, well, we'll need people to do this, and people to do this, and people to do this, people to do this. It's not as many people as it takes to drive the trucks. You know, that, that's, the, that's the point. That it, there will not be, if you have one person whose job is to manage 10 truck routes of the auto driving, then that's great, but it's one person, you know, doing the work that 10 people previously were doing or maybe even more than that because there was probably someone that was directing the routes Mm as a person already. So so why we're so focused on the gaming aspect is because I I believe, and I've said this for a long, for at least the last two years, is that a lot of our economy in the future, the world economy, is not just going to be online, is going to be in gaming. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody in the world is a gamer. Like, more than half of the world are considered a gamer. I'm I'm, I'm not, okay? But mm-hmm. a lot of people are. And my kids are, for sure. You know? And I don't know. We're, they're trying to make me a gamer in here, uh, at least so I can stop saying things like I'm not a gamer. Sure. But the the point is, is, is that when you saw Ready Player One and, and you see the idea that there's value inside of these ecosystems, mm-hmm. like, We have to have things of value that we can earn in order to make economies work, right? You can't just give people, you know, money and that makes an economy work. That, you know, that deletes incentive for anyone to do anything. The video games, the NFTs, the value in these scarce items, I think there's a lot of that that will actually be part of the world economy in the future. I mean, there's no way that this metaverse is not happening. It's just a matter of is it happening by the time we're dead or is it happening after that, you know? Or is it happening way before that? Possibly. I, so I, that's why I, I really think, the, think that's a that's kind of a futuristic move to really be getting involved in, in the stuff. Like, you know, that's not scary. I mean, the, the idea that robots are taking jobs, like, and then there's another way to run, to, to find value within, you know, yeah. things that you can earn inside different kinds of ecosystems. I mean, it's, it's really crazy the common person it's not involved in all this to talk to you right now but for people in crypto and technology you can understand you know understand that so um i just think that it just means we're moving some some somewhere different you know because really right. ai and robots can take over i try to come up with the jobs they can't take over uh, like counselor pastor
0: <laughs> they could doctor. be a pastor they'd know the bible inside and out their owner, illustrative in the interpretations yeah. I, don't, I don't know i wouldn't challenge yeah. a robot or ai on that <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe doctors, maybe people will always be scared to have just robots operating them. I don't know. But most jobs, you can come up with a scenario where it can be replaced. And, and there's just not, there's not enough need. And, and even the developers and stuff like that, eventually, AI is going to be the developers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. that's why I think it's, it's smart now to start shifting towards, you know, not, pushing kids towards college to become some job that will be obsolete in 10 or 15 years. Yeah,
0: you know, I, I say this all the time because I understand the concern with gaming and kids getting sucked into it, but they're onto something. And I think most people are missing that and that it's a different world. And as and, you know, VR becomes more realistic mm-hmm. and you spend, start spending more time there, we're gonna have our economy become much more massive. The comparison I like to make is it's no different than if we went to Mars and we established a colony and an economy there that was linked to uh, the world economy on Earth, and now we have this super massive economy between two planets. It's no different than if you built that in VR, because it's a place you're going to, that you're building things and doing things. Mm-hmm. Except VR, you can be even more creative. You're not limited. It's yeah. limitless. So. Yeah, so I think when people are playing games and you know they're getting into crypto and this stuff, and with the advent of VR, I think you know there's going to be a massive economy in virtual reality. And even today on the Oculus, I you know I'll go in there and have conversations and chat rooms and whatnot, or do some or join in on some little conferences and stuff, even crypto ones. And it feels like I'm actually there having a conversation. Like I oh. I can see where it's going. You you've tried VR, right?
1: I have not actually been around. No, I, I did. Oh. No, I haven't. I don't have an Oculus. You got to try I it. <laughs> I, I, I like to think like, you know, I like to keep it real. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I like to keep it real reality. Okay. What is reality? Uh, but I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to, to try I'm just not interested to buy one. And I've never been somewhere where someone's like, here, try this on. And then I try it on. and be like, oh, this is really cool. I've We've all seen the video where the girl tried it on in Best Buy and fell backwards. Okay. <laughs> I'd be scared. Yeah. No.
0: It's not that bad.
1: Yeah. I I recommend
0: recommend trying it at some point.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's just one of these things like I'm certainly open to it. Just haven't, the stuff is not lined up for me to be in a place where it was.
0: Trust me. If you put on the Oculus quest for like five minutes and you'll just be astounded how realistic it is and then take it off after that. Cause it, it, it gives me a headache. It hurts my head a little bit. It's a little scary, a little too much, you know, blue light flashing everywhere, but Mm -hmm. it's, um, It's very, very interesting how fast Facebook was able to do this because just a couple of years prior to that, everything was done with cord. You have to have this super expensive computer. Now it's like three, 400 bucks and you're in a different world. So in a couple of years later, a couple of years from now, I'm scared how far it'll actually progress. But I know that that's, you know, as a reality, as an economy, it's coming. It's coming. Just like with crypto. yeah. like with crypto. So I, I guess we should transition a little bit to crypto. <laughs> but w- what's your take on this market? Like, it's been crazy. I mean, obviously, there's some reasons why it's done so well this year. And um, we, obviously, we've had the pandemic and craziness of 2020. And basically, the as close as we can get to the world ending and having the apocalypse. <laughs> but it's doing really well right now. Like, Are you what from what perspective are you seeing that's going on with this market?
1: So, I mean, in the in the long term, I mean, I just think that Bitcoin itself. I mean, all of these other coins are great. Like, I love altcoins. I love I love them because they make me money. Um, And I (laughs) and I think there's a lot of interesting utility for some of them, but Mm. none of that really matters right now. You know, like they're not being used uh, for uh, the utility except for a, a very few amount of them, a sliver, if you will. I mm. uh, love Ethereum. love what they're doing. I think I think Ethereum has opportunity to be bigger than Bitcoin one day. Uh, but the point is, the whole market is dependent upon Bitcoin. And a lot of people seem to get it in their head, and I was talking about this uh, this morning with someone, a lot of people have it in their head that, like, it's this fundamental news thing, like, what's happening in crypto? Like, this event happened and then this happened. And there's a little correlation there. Um, th- there is. Those are catalyst events. Okay. These catalyst events are really tied to the economics of Bitcoin. So it's really this supply and demand uh, functions with the having and the decreasing of production. And this, when, when you tell people that there will only be 21 million ever, and then you explain to someone that. Uh, well, right now there's 18 and a half million. They're like, oh, cool. So all 21 million be out like two years from now. Like, no, like the having is so crazy. And I've actually done the, uh, nobody has talked about this, I think, that I've ever seen other than me, which is the last halving cycle. It mm-hmm. should be approximately between 2136 and 2140. During that last entire cycle, only one half, Bitcoin will be mined over four years and then they'll all be done and they'll just be, you know, driven by transaction cost, you know, transactions and and that stuff. Uh, But like, it's crazy to think about how dramatic that ride that drop is from, you know, mining thousands a day Mm -hmm. with just a small computer to in the end, you'll have all these people with these mega computers trying to mine Bitcoin and. The total is a half for for four years, you know? So those are the things. That's one of those having cycles are so important. Once it's adopted, and and look, here's your Bitcoin is adopted right now. Mm -hmm. Not in like a sense of everyone uses it, but it is past the point of, is it going to make it? You know, the institutions are backing that up with their dollars and things like that. So, you know, because of that, I, I believe that we're going to continue to see the same thing that we've always seen before, these Bitcoin cycles, and that these minor narratives of, you know, the government doing this or this company buying this, like, these are just tiny little catalyst events that help propel Bitcoin to where it was already going anyways, you know, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I think the market is going to be great. I think that, you know, anytime. Right now, there seems to be some fear because Bitcoin dropped below 18000 and now people are saying 16000 and, and, and all this stuff. And I think that, you know, like, yeah, it could. It might. But it should be quick. You know, it's going ultimately above six figures. I don't see any way it's not in the next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at it from, like, an analysis point of view and you look at the charts, you know, this... On a long-term you know, trajectory, like if we just look at for this year, for example, with Bitcoin, who cares if it drops to eighteen or seventeen or held back to fifteen? Um, you know, it's it's in a really strong upward trend. I'm, mm. I'm pretty pretty confident it's going to keep moving that direction. There's been no real sign it's slowing down. In fact, right. people are buying more, like hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars more. So. I don't care if it drops to eighteen or seventeen today. I mean, Bitcoin swings a couple thousand dollars at a time. Sometimes, it's um, the the most important correlation, not even a correlation, um, discorrelation. What's the word? Dislocation, (laughs) decouple, decoupling is watching Bitcoin become the best performing asset of the past decade, even beating things like gold. You know, as traditional hard assets mm-hmm. um, where people store their value and then looking at the fact that it's on track to be the best performing asset of the next decade and I think that's more than enough to qualify it and and uh, verify it as an asset and I can see all these institutions and corporations and Smes you know looking at Bitcoin and now looking at crypto you know more broadly and seeing that it's you know very fairly legitimized at this point and i i i don't i don't see any downside at the moment i, I know that we'll have a lot of corrections and i know that it's going to go through all kinds of different you know market cycles but i mean right now I'm, i mean when people say that it drops to 18 or 17 they start panicking i'm like dude calm down
1: <laughs> i know it's and it's it's so crazy i mean look i'm a youtuber youtube is driven by clickbait so i'm i'm going to clickbait just like everybody else does sure. except I'm going to do it a little better than they do. Uh, But, you know, when you actually click on the content and watch the content, then I'm going to give you what I believe are going to be realistic scenarios. And I'm not going to say, you know, one thing one day, and then the next day, you know, like, one day Bitcoin's going, you know, to $100,000 tomorrow. And then the next day, come back and be like, oh, gosh, we're in a bear market, guys. But that's what, you know, some people do and more power to them. Everybody's free to do what they want. But for me, like, just thinking that, You know, everything's got to be, like, so dramatic. I've been pretty consistent with things that I've said because of all these reasons I've given you, I believe, in the long term of the cycles. And I think that the short-term, like, idea of, oh, it dropped 1% today. We're all doomed. Like, you got to get out of that mindset. Like, that's the mindset. That's the mindset right there is why people say retail traders lose. You know? That's it. It's when you're when you're too reactive to the small swings in the market. And, and I understand like it's it's hard to be objective when mm-hmm. you're talking about money. You know, I'm I'm real bad about that sometimes too when it comes to to you know, I'll take a bad loss on a trade and then I'll try to get it back irrationally, you know, right. because like I just want to make up the loss. Like, like has nothing to do, with I think the market is. I, I thought I had a good sense of where the market was. So I made a trade. and It's happened to me a lot. I, and the, the trade, it, the market just doesn't do what I expected it to do. And it confirms that it's going the opposite way. And I just keep trying to chase wherever it is and, and make the money back. And I always will get you in a, in a bad spot because you've lost your objectivity there. I, I think the important thing is to understand where you believe the market is going. And you know, work off of that in the long term. Like, if you're in crypto, you believe price of Bitcoin is going way up. You believe in the scarcity. You believe it's better than gold. You know, you believe all those things. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you should make moves accordingly. It's why, like, even even in 2017, I, I said, even the people that bought $20,000, if they just didn't do anything with it, mm-hmm. they eventually would even make money on that. And I think that's going to bear to become true. It's just the whole thing is like you had a lot of people taking loans <laughs> If you were taking loans to buy Bitcoin at 20K and it dropped that much, then then you're in a real bad spot. Um, but, you know, I, I think that that's what everybody should do is really have a plan and stick to it and don't let the euphoria of the, of the daily clickbait on YouTube or the daily Twitter posts or the Coindesk or stories or whatever it is sway what you think, you know, because ultimately, we know where it's going.
0: Yeah, I think that's where people fall into this trap when, they 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 end up trying to recoup their losses and it's not even that bad and they probably shouldn't have sold in the first place but you know they bitcoin has a bad day and you know it looks a little scary and they're looking at it from a short-term perspective not a long-term perspective and they decide to sell out and then they immediately think oh i'm down 100 bucks i need to figure out how to find this bottom then they catch a falling knife and now they're down 200 bucks 300 bucks and I, I see so many people fall into those traps even in traditional equities and then they just don't want to do it anymore and just ruins their outlook on what whatever it is whether it's bitcoin or tesla or you know anything else that's doing some crazy numbers and i'm just like you, you got to have a set plan going in like you got to have a price target and like you got to determined when you want to sell you got to have a stop loss at least mentally when you want to sell um you know you got to have a buying point you know if you want to be in you know because if you want to be if you want to win the game you have to be in the game so there's just so little planning most people are just kind of reacting thinking they're going to make quick money and i hate seeing that so I, i i'm glad people are slowly starting to actually invest because they believe in it or they want to use it i think that's the biggest change since 2017-18 when we had that first run-up.
1: I just, I just talked about that today uh, because oh, that's what I'm seeing. What, what I'm seeing is the people that are buying Bitcoin right now who were not buying it the last three years, people that I know. Mm-hmm. They're, and it's actually the opposite of what you said. It, it's not that they believe in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. is they don't believe in the U.S. dollar. Yeah, that's you true, know, so. <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 people are starting to see what that is. And we really are in trouble. You know, it, it really is bad. It's going to get worse. And because of that, you know, I mean, Bitcoin and gold, you know, I'll never fault someone for buying gold over Bitcoin. Like, I won't fault them for it. You know, like, you're at least doing something to avert crisis for you and your family, possibly in the future. You know, whereas… Mm-hmm you know, if if you stay too liquid in cash, you know, then, you know, you you could end up in a lot of trouble, you know?
0: Yeah. I think we saw that earlier this year, back in late March, people were way too over heavy in cash because they sold everything because of the lockdown and buying just toilet paper and and dollars. (laughs) But you know, what we all saw was, you know, what, what actually did well in immediately was streaming platforms, Gold, Bitcoin, and Tesla—it's yeah. <laughs> what people really believe in right now. So, wait till Tesla
1: gets out to Texas; I better. can't
0: wait. I can't wait for that Cybertruck. I'm so excited. Yeah. For that. Uh, uh, you
1: saw that? You saw their movement to te- Elon Musk moving to Texas?
0: Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone who owns the stock is going to automatically get more money because everything's bigger in Texas.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a good punchline. I like it.
1: First or maybe he's, or he's
0: running from the AI in Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. A lot of possibilities. Yeah. Um, anyways, we've, we've been going for probably an hour at this point. So we'll go ahead and, and uh, slowly wrap this up. But before we do, obviously you have the YouTube channel. Where else are you on social media and where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So we're in a lot of places. Uh, uh, most places, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, just search Bitboy Crypto, and I'll come up. And when it comes to uh, TikTok, that's where actually we have the most followers. I have two point four million there uh, at Bitboy underscore or no, just at Bitboy Crypto there. So, uh, but I'm I'm easy to find on the internet. If you just search Bitboy Crypto anywhere, you should find me.
0: You're on TikTok.
1: Yeah, actually, it's, I'm first mover on TikTok. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I started. The thing is, I actually started as uh, doing, a, it was a different brand there. It was like the CEO of Facts. So I was like giving facts and stories and stuff, sure. and it, it blew up. I did. I had a lot of viral videos. I mean, one got 30 million views on it, you know, and people like the information, but, you know, there's only so much kind of weird and nuanced stuff out there you can tell people. I talked a lot about the dark web, kind of, you know, crossovers of crypto. Uh, but, you know, recently, kind of internally in our organization, we, we made the decision that it was best for us to, change that account over even though we would lose some people in doing it uh, to crypto because, like, it's just hard to run with two right. different messages. So it really came in handy because uh, we had 66,000 subscribers over there on YouTube, on our CEO of Facts YouTube channel. We had one video that's got like 4 million views on it over there. Um, it's gone now because I deleted everything off that channel mm-hmm. because we decided that with all the stuff that happened with YouTube, with this, with the erroneous strike, to make that basically the kind of the backup account for BitBoy Crypto. And so we have that one over there called BitSquad now. Uh, So we've, and then always the idea with with TikTok for Mm -hmm. me was to Trojan horse people, you know, trick them into getting into Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, it it works for some people. I mean, shit, people love that stuff though. Love talking about like potential conspiracies and Mm -hmm. all these interesting things out there that are going on. All the cover-ups and Black market, dark net type stuff. I, I enjoy it too. It's a lot of fun to dive <laughs> yes, into. I imagine that channel did well.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it did. It did really well. Uh, the 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 one that had four million views, which it was so painful to delete it, but I just deleted it. I just figured, you know what, I'm just gonna, you know, because it was still getting a lot of views every day. Right. Uh, but it's funny the amount of advertising dollars you get on a regular channel as opposed to a crypto channel is very drastically lower. So, um, but mm-hmm. the thing is, is uh, that that story is about a guy. Who went caving? It's true story. Went caving with his brother, mm-hmm. got stuck upside down in a crevice in the cave. It was like 24 hours, people trying to pull him out. And it's like, <laughs> it's like the story you're like, you're so, it's so dark. He dies. I mean, it's, it's a very dark story. Uh-huh. But it's just like, you kind of put yourself in his situation when you're watching it. And it's just like, I don't think I want to go caving. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's one I of the was- most interesting stories about how he got trapped in it, how they tried to get him out. They tried everything. And it was just like, the perfect storm of everything. They just couldn't get out. That was very sad.
0: Yes, one of what was going through his mind at that point. Probably had a lot of time to reflect.
1: <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like that, yeah, that really, it puts us into perspective, mm-hmm. you know, like because his, his blood is rushing to his head and they can't pull him out. They can't break his leg. Cause he might get sepsis. And I'm thinking like, who cares if he gets sepsis, He's going to die anyways. Like let's give it a shot, you know, but they had this police system and the police system broke and, it was the point is is that don't go caving. <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> splunking. My so every every yeah, year around Thanksgiving when that happened, my kids remind me we're not going splunking for Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> Other activities you can do that are much safer and just as fun.
1: Yes. Yes. Watch football yes, in the turkey. Yes.
0: I agree. I agree. Anyways, Ben, it was awesome having you on. Uh, you. Great episode. Um Great conversation, too. It' a lot of fun. We talked about everything. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Everything. That's what I like um, to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'll see you. See you next time. See you in the future. Have a good day. Have a good week. And uh, stay healthy.
1: Awesome. Thanks.